You're listening to the My 25 Podcast, keeping you up to date on the NCAA's college basketball rankings each week. Here's your host, David Payne. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is the My 25 Podcast. I'm David Payne. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you can get the updates each week. I will say I'm sorry for the last two weeks. Last week I had some midterm stuff going on and some studying, and I wasn't able to record a podcast. And the week before that was President's Day, I believe, and so the studio was closed. I couldn't get in. So we have a lot to talk about in the last two weeks. For week 18, it's the final week of the AP Top 25 teams because the regular season just finished. We're going into tournament mode now. The Big Ten tournament's already over. We have a winner there, and each of the other conference tournaments and championships are going to be happening this week and next week, preparing us for March Madness. Next Sunday, this coming Sunday, March 11th, is Selection Sunday, one of the best days of the year. I'm so excited to see what teams make it in, what teams are out, and then I get to fill out my bracket. It takes me so long to fill out a bracket because I overthink and I stress myself out, and you guys are going to get to hear that next week. I'm going to wait to fill up my bracket until I'm right behind this microphone, and I'm going to go through my my thoughts, my mindset, everything that's going. You can print out a bracket and go with me, so look forward to that next week. Before we get into the top 25 this week, I do want to say thanks to BYU-Idaho Radio for letting me record here. Also, Real Sport Media for hosting this podcast. Go check them out. If you like sports, you'll like Real Sport Media, realsport101.com. They got a little bit of everything for everybody. But let's jump into the top 25. All right, at number one, we have Virginia. The Cavs are still on top, and their last two games were so much fun to watch. Both were against high-caliber ACC teams. I thought they'd lose one of them, but I was wrong. Uh, Their game against Louisville came down to the very last shot. It was a buzzer beater to start off March, and it was perfect. The game was full of passion from both teams. Louisville had the home crowd going nuts. It was 66-64. Louisville was up. A free throw lane violation gave them the ball back. All they had to do was get the ball in bounds, but Dangadel moved on the baseline while he was passing in the ball, and they called traveling. They gave the ball to UVA with .9 seconds left on the clock. Just take a listen. Don't give Virginia any chance at all to get the ball in this side of the half court. 26-2 Virginia, 15-1. Their only loss at home to rival Virginia Tech. They were 8-0 in the ACC on the road, but they have run into an emotion-charged senior night team that has uh, outplayed them really at their own game. Uh, we oh, get a five seconds. No, no, he ran. He ran. He, he ran the travel. baseline. Yep. He moved on the baseline. Oh my goodness! You could not run the baseline there, and he moved, and that's a travel. It was. It was pointed out to him. Well, you got, you got to know. You can't yep. do that. And the officials yeah. instruct them right before they hand yeah, them the you, ball. When you see him point down to the floor, that means that indicates you can't move. Now at point .9 seconds. Oh, you can throw it to the rim. You can, no, you, there's time. There's enough time for a catch and shoot. Do you go for the tie or do you go for the win? Oh, I think you go for the tie. You know, you're, you're the number I'm, one team in the country. I'm, you're on the road. See, I'm, I'm, I've always been of the opinion, minus foul trouble, that when you're on the road, you go for the win. I think they're going to do something attacking the basket, Mike. But we'll see. We'll see. Jerome's got to get it in. It's Hunter for three. You called it. A bank. It's open late, and Virginia wins number one and holding. Can you believe it? (laughs) That shot shut the entire crowd up. Virginia's number one in the nation and they're number one in the ACC. 
The ACC championship starts this week, and it's going to be fun to watch. The ACC is filled with talent. After their game against Louisville, they played Notre Dame, and they won that game by five points. It was a really close game. Kyle Guy got hurt pretty early. He banged his knee up against a defender, and he sat out for a lot of the game. He did come back in, but he was just off. He had zero points in that game. It was all Devin Hall and then Ty Jerome as well. Those three guys are very experienced. They've played a lot together, and they're going to be hard to beat this month. At number two is the Villanova Wildcats. Since the last episode, Villanova has had some ups and downs. They were upset by Providence by five points, and they lost to Creighton by six points. Both games were on the road, but they finished their regular season with wins over Seton Hall and Georgetown. They're trailing Xavier in the Big East, though. I'm surprised that Villanova is above Xavier in the top 25 this week because Xavier does have a better record. Jalen Brunson and Mikkel Bridges were named finalists for the Wooden Award. Brunson is a Player of the Year candidate. He averages just under 20 points a game and just under 5 assists a game. He's such a fun player to watch. I had Villanova as one of my preseason picks for the Final Four, and I might still have them getting there. It just depends on what happens and how the brackets look. Like I said, Xavier's at number three. A few weeks ago, I talked about Xavier hoping Villanova would struggle so that they could be on top of the Big East. Well, it happened. In the last few weeks, their only loss was to Villanova, where they looked absolutely terrible. But all their other games that they played, they played really well. They're one game ahead of Villanova in the Big East, and most likely, they'll play them in the conference championship. Trayvon Blewett is another player of the year candidate. He's also averaging just under 20 points a game, and he really makes this Xavier team better. He's a playmaker, he's a senior, and he's been the reason Xavier is really relevant in the past few years. At number four is Michigan State. This really surprises me because Michigan State didn't even make it to the Big Ten Tournament Championship. Michigan State was a front runner early in the season, but they kind of leveled off, and then they couldn't finish the Big Ten. I think that they'll still do great things in the tournament, but they almost lost their first game against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Tournament. They only won by three points, but then they were demolished by Michigan. Michigan went on to win the tournament, and the Spartans were number one ranked in that Big Ten tournament. I really think that they should have done better. They couldn't get things going, but the Spartans are not done. They're going to bring the heat in the NCAA tournament. I had Michigan State as one of my preseason picks as well, but like I said, we'll just have to see what happens with the seeding and where they're placed on this year's bracket. At number five is the Duke Blue Devils. Duke has been looking better. They got Marvin Bagley back. He won the ACC Rookie of the Year and ACC Player of the Year. Some people were kind of criticizing him this last week. They were talking about how he's selfish and he shoots every time he gets the ball. But Coach K came to his defense and basically came out and said, anyone who's that good would shoot the ball if they get it. It makes sense. He put up huge numbers and a double-double in their last game against North Carolina. He had 21 points and 15 rebounds. He did have one assist, so it shows he is capable of passing, but you can tell that when he gets the ball, he's going to bring it to the hoop. It was actually a really nice pass to Javin Delorier under the basket for an easy layup, and right after I saw that play, I thought, hey, look, there's an assist for Bagley. All the haters can, you know, back off. The biggest thing that happened this week for Duke, though, was Grayson Allen. It was his final game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, senior night. They beat UNC, and the crowd was on fire. When he walked off the court, everyone was cheering so loud. He and Coach K had a massive hug. It was very touching. You can tell that Duke has done a lot for him, and he's done a lot for Duke. I think the Blue Devils have a chance to make it far in the tournament. They were another one of my final four picks in the preseason. I'm nervous, though. Every time I seem to root for Duke, they don't make it very far in the tournament. So we'll really see what happens. I'm also excited to see them in the ACC Championship this week. They got the number two ranking right behind Virginia. So it could be Virginia and Duke in the ACC Championship game. At number six is the Gonzaga Bulldogs. 
The Zags are number one in the West Coast Conference, and they're going to play San Francisco next. If they beat them, they'll play BYU or St. Mary's, depending on who wins their game. Killian Tilly, Jonathan Williams, and Zach Norvell Jr. have been leading the team. They all scored in double digits in their last game, and they've been doing that on a consecutive basis. Josh Perkins has really been leading this team. He averages just under six assists a game. This Gonzaga team is not as good as last year's team that went all the way. I don't think they'll crack the Final Four or even the Elite Eight this year, but I didn't think that last year, and they went all the way to the Finals, so we'll have to see what happens. Gonzaga does have a good team. I think number six on this list is a little high for them, especially with Michigan, Cincinnati, and Kansas, and Purdue underneath them, and Wichita State. Looking down the list, there are so many good teams in the league this year. I don't know if Gonzaga deserves that number six spot, but maybe they'll prove it to me and they'll make it to the very end of March Madness again this year. At number seven is Michigan. There are so many wonderful things I can say about the Wolverines. They're the Big Ten tournament champions for the second year in a row. They're going to be a great seeded team in the NCAA tournament. I think they have the chance to go very, very far. They weren't even on my radar in the preseason. Going into the Big Ten tournament, they were ranked fifth behind Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, and Nebraska. They ended up beating Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan State, and Purdue to win it all. Michigan's looking like the team to beat right now. They're on a nine-game win streak, and although their record isn't as good as those other teams that I mentioned, they're the champions, and they're going to play like champions in the NCAA tournament. Mo Wagner has been the story of Michigan all year. He's a six foot eleven forward who averages about 15 points and 7 rebounds a game. He played outstanding defense on Purdue's Isaac Haas down low to help the Wolverines win the Big Ten. And another factor that no one saw coming was John Teske. He came off the bench and had 14 points. He typically was averaging 1 or 2 points a game, but he started making mid-range jumpers and getting free for easy layups and easy dunks on mismatches early in that game. I do want to give a quick shout out to my Aunt Sam Andy. I know she's always listening. She asked me in week four or five about Michigan. She said, when do you think Michigan will be in the top 25? And I told her I wasn't sure because I thought that Michigan State and Ohio State and Purdue, they were so much better than Michigan. I didn't think that they would make it. Sure enough, she knew it all along. So shout out to my aunt Sandy for calling it months ago. At number eight is Cincinnati. The Bearcats showed the Shockers who's boss when they went to Wichita and they beat him 62-61. to This was such a close game. Wichita State had an opportunity at the buzzer, but Fran Camp missed the three-pointer. The Shockers ended up getting the offensive rebound and had a few seconds left to throw something up, but Cincinnati's tight defense forced the next shot to be too far behind the basket, and it actually hit the back of the backboard, and the Bearcats won. Fran Camp, the Wichita native, on his senior day. Who won't go? Willis! And it's out of bounds, that's it! Cincinnati has won! They are American Conference champions! We'll more than likely get to see a rematch of this game during the American Athletic Conference Championship. And if that's the case, definitely put this game on your calendar. You never know, though. One of them might be upset by Houston. They're on the bottom of this top 25 list, or Tulsa or Memphis. But it's looking like we'll see Cincinnati and Wichita State going at it in the AAC Championship. And that's a game you don't want to miss. At number nine is the Kansas Jayhawks. I didn't even tune into the Kansas-Oklahoma State game. I thought for sure Kansas would win, but the final score was 82-64. to I remember going back, watching the highlights. Kansas just couldn't get anything started. There must be something about Oklahoma State because Kansas lost to them twice this year, and Oklahoma State didn't even end the regular season with a winning record. Despite this loss, the Jayhawks are still on top of the Big 12, and they're going to be fighting through the Big 12 tournament in the next two weeks. They're looking to win their 14th consecutive title. I think they'll do it, but I would not be surprised if they don't. The Big 12 has a lot of talented teams, and this Kansas team isn't the best Kansas team we've seen in recent years. 
At number 10 is Purdue. The Boilermakers were so close to being Big Ten champions this year, but they lost to Michigan. Isaac Haas is one of the biggest guys in the game. He's 7'2", and he weighs 290 pounds. The first thing that comes up in Google when you type in his name is, how big is Isaac Haas? Early in their game against Michigan, Purdue had everything in place. Everything was working great. They were getting the ball to Haas. He'd back down his defender and get an easy two. Once Michigan noticed this, they started doubling him, and they would get the ball out of his hands, and it looked like Haas had never played before, or at least it looked like he had never been double teamed. He turned the ball over so many times, he missed really close shots. On top of Haas being shut down, no one else from Purdue were sharing the ball, and no one could make a basket. If Haas didn't get it, it seemed like whoever brought the ball down the court just tried to do everything themselves. The entire team only had eight assists total in that game. When Purdue's on, they're tough to beat. When they don't pass the ball and they can't use Haas and they're not going to make shots, they're going to lose. Going forward, anyone who has to play Purdue should watch the game film against Michigan, do the same thing that the Wolverines did, and they'll beat Purdue. With all that being said, Purdue is still a really good team. If Vincent and Carson Edwards are on, plus they can use Isaac Haas down low, this team can be unstoppable. Michigan found a way to do it. Other teams could find a way to do it. But I still think Purdue is going to do well in the NCAA tournament. At number 11 is Wichita State. The Shockers lost to the Bearcats 62-61. I talked about it a little bit here. It was such a close game. I think Wichita State came in to the American Athletic Conference with high hopes. They thought for sure they were going to win it all. Early in the preseason, everybody knew Cincinnati-Wichita State would be a close game, but I think Wichita State underestimated the Bearcats. Shamit and Framkamp both need to be on for Wichita State to win. If those two guys are out of sync and they don't find a rhythm, it's going to be very difficult for the Shockers to move far in the tournament. At number 12 is North Carolina. The Tar Heels had a great game against Duke on the road over the weekend, but they couldn't sweep the series between the two teams. They had beaten the Blue Devils earlier in the season, but they ended up losing this one on Saturday by 10 points. They were actually up by 10 at the half, but Duke's three-quarter pressure zone defense was too much for them, and they couldn't stop Marvin Bagley. Four out of five starters were in double-digit scoring, but they got nothing from their bench, and they just couldn't quite finish this game. The ACC is packed with talent, and anything could happen going forward. If they would have beaten Duke, they would actually be the number two team in the ACC tournament, but since they lost, they dropped to number six. Putting the rankings aside, though, the ACC is stacked. It's going to be a battle for the finish. I'm excited to see what happens in Brooklyn for the ACC championship. The Volunteers in Tennessee sit at number 13. They have a 23-7 record, and although they're not on top of the SEC, the Associated Press has them higher than Auburn, which is number one in the SEC. I'm not sure how that happened because Auburn actually beat Tennessee by 10 earlier this season, but Tennessee does have a great team, so maybe they've seen something about Tennessee that I don't see. I think Auburn should be higher than Tennessee on this list, but that's not what we have this week. Admiral Schofield had 23 points in their last regular season game against Georgia, and with a name like Admiral, you know he's going to be a fighter on the court. Tennessee's ranked second in the SEC, and they're looking to win the SEC tournament for the first time since 2008. And other than that year, when you look back in history, Tennessee wasn't in the SEC championship game since 1982. Kentucky has dominated the SEC for so many years, it's nice to see Tennessee and Auburn on top. At number 14 is Texas Tech. The Red Raiders had a close game with TCU over the weekend. It was basically just a back-and-forth battle between TCU's Desmond Bain and Texas Tech's Keenan Evans. Bain had 21 points and Evans had 23. The final score was 79-75, and with this win, Texas Tech gets the number two seed in the Big 12 tournament, which means they're on the opposite side of Kansas on the bracket, which is a good place to be. 
It could be Texas Tech and Kansas in the championship game, but both of those teams will have to get through teams like Texas, TCU, West Virginia, and Kansas State first. At number 15 is the Arizona Wildcats. I haven't talked about the crazy allegations happening in Arizona on this podcast because I missed the last two weeks, but also because I really want to just focus on the game and not all the crazy stuff that happens in the world. Sean Miller was out, and now he's back in, and we'll see what happens going forward. But this controversy is painting Arizona in a negative light. They are still a really good team. They have two of the top players in college basketball, DeAndre Ayton and Alonzo Trier. Aiden has been in the drama surrounded with the money and getting paid, and Trier has kind of had some issues with some iffy substances, but Arizona's playing with a chip on their shoulder, and they want to prove that they can still play even when the whole world around them is coming down. They lead the Pac-12, and they'll probably face USC for that title. I picked Arizona as a preseason Final Four team, and I think that they can still do it, but I'll have to look at the seeding on Selection Sunday to really decide. I had higher hopes for the Wildcats than what they've shown me this year. At number 16 is Auburn. I'll say it again, I never expected Auburn to be the number one seed in the SEC tournament. Auburn and Tennessee have surprised the heck out of me. Kentucky and Florida actually let me down. I thought for sure it would be between them, but Auburn and Tennessee are leading the way. It looks like Auburn will win the SEC and get a good seed in the NCAA tournament. They haven't been in the tournament since 2003, so they're excited. They're going to be hustling and playing hard, trying to go as far as they can go. At number 17 is Ohio State. The Buckeyes blinked and their chance to win the Big Ten was gone. Penn State upset them by one point on Friday. It wasn't something I expected, but it happened, and now Ohio State has to wait until the NCAA tournament to play again. Keita Bates-Diop dropped 25 points and had five rebounds in their last game against Penn State. The Buckeyes looked sloppy at the end of the game, though. Penn State had gotten a timely steal, and Ohio State was looking for a foul. They were looking around, looking at their coach. They didn't seem to know what to do. Josh Rivas for Penn State cut to the basket and had a wide-open lane for an easy dunk. Just take a listen. He can elevate over him. Backs him down. Has it knocked away. It's stolen. Hey, that possession could have been a walk. Shot clock turned off. Game clock at 10 for Tony Carr. Trying to win it. Right here. Carr crosses over. Dust it down. Reeves with a jack. What a pass. 2.8 to go. And Penn State takes a one-point lead. One of you here. They got two back, nobody on the inbounder. C.J. Jackson, three seconds. C.J. Jackson in the front Shoot court. It. He lets it go. No and no good. For the third time this season, Penn State has defeated Ohio State. None bigger than this one, though, as they advance to the semifinals of the Big Ten Tournament. The Buckeyes hope to bounce back in the first round of the NCAA Tournament, but we'll see what seed they get next Sunday. At number 18 is the Mountaineers of West Virginia. The Mountaineers have bounced all over this list, and they've kind of found a spot to sit tight around 18 to 20. It's not a spot that they would have liked, and it's not a spot that a lot of people would have imagined earlier on in the season. They're the three seed in the Big 12 championship, and they play Baylor this week. They're hoping to upset Kansas or Texas Tech, who are just above them in that conference. I do have faith in West Virginia. Bob Huggins is such a great coach, and this West Virginia squad is experienced. I think they'll be okay going into the NCAA tournament. At number 19 is Clemson Tigers. Clemson ended up getting a four seed in the ACC tournament after losing to Syracuse last week. It was a close one, though. Take a listen. Can Clemson get it off? This is good if it goes. Oh! Syracuse survives! 
Syracuse won 55-52. The half-court tying shot rolled right off the rim but just didn't quite fall. Marquise Reed had 21 points in that game, and he will lead the Tigers to their first time back to the NCAA tournament since 2011. I imagine they'll have a mid-range seed, and we'll see how far they can go. At number 20 is St. Mary's. St. Mary's plays BYU next, and they'll head to the WCC Championship if and when they win. I think they will beat BYU in that game. It'll be a close one against the Cougars, but the Gales are more experienced, and they have amazing shooters. They'll most likely face Gonzaga for the championship again. Gonzaga has actually won the last five in a row for the WCC, and the last two were against St. Mary's. So the Gales definitely want to win this one. They're sick of Gonzaga winning that conference championship. I honestly think the Gales are completely capable of winning this year, but it seems that every time I talk about Gonzaga, they do better than I give them credit for. At number 21 is Houston. I haven't said a word about Houston until now. I've missed out the last two weeks, but Houston hopped into the top 25, and they're going to try to disrupt some things with Cincinnati and Wichita State in the AAC. I don't think it will happen, but I know it's possible in March. Houston has the same record as Wichita State at 14-4, and and they're on a three-game win streak. Wichita State lost their last game. This season, Houston went 1-1 against both Cincinnati and Wichita State. They beat Cincinnati, then Cincinnati beat them. They beat Wichita State, then Wichita State beat them. So we know it's possible that Houston can win. I'd love to see Houston win the AAC championship, but they have a tough road ahead of them. At number 22 is Nevada. Things were looking tight in the Mountain West Conference between Nevada and Boise State, but Nevada pulled away a few weeks ago, and they're clearly the number one team in the conference. They finished the regular season two games ahead of the Broncos of Boise State and are looking for back-to-back championships this year. They did lose their last regular season game against San Diego, but I don't see anything too crazy happening in the Mountain West. It's also nice for Nevada that the tournament is always played in Las Vegas. The Wolfpack have the home crowd for all of their games, and some of those other teams don't travel very well. At number 23 is Florida. The Gators are back in the top 25. This team I thought was going to the Elite Eight in the preseason. I still have faith in them, but they've definitely let me down. My faith has increased, however, after watching their game against Kentucky. If I would have told you that Florida was going to beat Kentucky by 13 points in their last game a few years ago, or even in the preseason, you probably wouldn't have believed me, but that's the case. Kentucky and Florida are still not the top of the SEC, though. Chris Chioza is one of the best pure point guards in college basketball right now, and I think when he's on, Florida can go a long way. I might still have them going to the Elite Eight, but like I've said this entire episode, we'll have to see what happens on Selection Sunday. Miami comes in at number 24, and they barely cut this week's list, and I think they'll barely make it to the NCAA tournament. They definitely need to win at least one, if not two, in the ACC tournament to even be considered. I think that they're kind of a bubble team right now. They're closer to get in than some of the other bubble teams, but if they lose their next game, they might miss out on this year's tournament. Rounding off the list at number 25 is Rhode Island. Rhode Island is in this year's tournament, no problem. They're on top of the Atlantic 10 Conference again. They shouldn't have any problems in the Atlantic 10 tournament. However, they did lose to Davidson by two points in their last regular season game. They need to step it up. They can't get too complacent, but they've proven all season that they have what it takes to shake up the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. They're one of those mid-major sleeper teams that I can see going a long way. 
Well, that's week 18's top 25. It's the end of the regular season. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, My 25 Podcast, on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Also find us on Facebook and Twitter at My 25 Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, I want to hear from you. Email me at My25Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, next week I'll be filling out my bracket. Hopefully you're filling out one too. Don't forget, Selection Sunday is this week, March 11th. Tune into that. See who's in, see who's out, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the My 25 Podcast with David Payne. Find My 25 on Facebook and Twitter. Just like at My 25 Podcast, and make sure to subscribe for updates each week.